Hi, this is Dave Vanderveen, and this is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. We're here in Season 1, Episode 24. And uh, I think it's kind of, uh, well, it's interesting that we're in Episode 24, coming into the Christmas season, um, what I like to call the Christmas season. You can call the holiday season, whatever you like. But um, for my my personal tradition, we call it Christmas. And, um, you know, it's 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 funny because Sarah and I just had this, my wife Sarah and I had this amazing trip through uh, Green Bay and Nashville and and West Michigan. And one of the highlights, one of the many highlights, was um, the screening that we did for the Same God film project. If you're familiar, if you've listened to the previous podcast, you know what that is. If you don't, I'll get to it in a minute. Uh, But we screened Same God film while we were in West Michigan. Uh, It's samegodfilm.com. And uh, and I was invited to come and do a... uh, a chapel at Byron Center Christian Middle School because a good friend of mine, well, he's become a better friend of mine through social media, but a, a friend from high school who is now a science teacher at that school uh, had been following things on social media, some of the developments that have been happening with that project, and and frankly, the, the travel that I do around the world, the number of different people I meet with, and he said, hey, would you mind coming to do a chapel for us? when you're in town, um, which I love to do. I love to talk to uh, people who are much younger than me and have their whole lives ahead of them. And um, I said, sure. And I said, what do you want me to talk about? <laughs> are you sure you have the right email? <laughs> and um, he said, yeah, you know, um, he said where we come from. And he and I went to high school together in Holland, Michigan. Uh, his name is Clay Lubbers. He's a science teacher at Byron Center uh, Christian Middle School. When we were in high school, I was from Grand Haven, which is just to the north of Holland, Michigan, and he was from Holland. As he put it in the introduction to you know who we are and how we knew each other, he said, "I was a farm kid," meaning he was a farm kid, and David, you know me, I was into skateboarding and surfing on the Great Lakes and all this kind of crazy stuff that was that was kind of different, that was foreign, that was other. And when you you know even though it may seem like we're from the same place and the same people, if you're from the outside, when you're in the Dutch Christian Reformed community. Um, we were from different different sort of tribes, I guess. Even though we were both Dutch Christian Reformed, it was because, you know, I was from this town to the north that was maybe, let's say, a little less parochial and had a little bit more exposure. And so people, you know, in their teens were trying things that hadn't really hit Holland, Michigan yet. And Holland, Michigan had very specific ways of doing things. And if you were outside those boundaries, you didn't fit in. Anyway, so he said, you know, our, some of the some of the students at our school are a little more protected, and he said, "I think it might be helpful if you could come and share some of your experiences and what you've seen and why you're doing, you know, a project like Same God." So, um, I'm paraphrasing, but that's how I interpreted what he told me, and I, I think we were on the same page. So, um, let me just run through the trip real quick. Cause it was kind of a kind of a wild trip. Uh, we went to Green Bay to watch the Packers play. Uh, they lost, unfortunately, to the Cardinals. Um, which was, uh, you know, kind of, Cardinals are kind of the, one of the worst teams. I think they've only had three games this year, but they've had a lot of trouble with, I, I would say the Packers, you know, not, there's no secret, have had a lot of trouble with coaching this year. And uh, when you lose at home to one of the worst teams in the snow, which the Packers should win, uh, supr- not surprisingly, uh, the management finally decided to get rid of the coach. And if you watch the game last weekend when they played the Falcons, which is a top-rated team also at home, um, the Green Bay Packers were a totally different team. So we were, you know, it was, it, one, I think it was just amazing to see the fundamental difference that, um, that 
that a team can can make, how they can transform themselves when you remove somebody who is who is not managing the team well, who is focusing on all the wrong things, who can't even manage a clock. Um, when they allow the team, and by the way, they were having you know there was some chaos in the locker room as as uh, as was reported um, because of this. Players just didn't want to play for the program that was being presented. There was no motivation. And the second that the coach was fired after the Cardinals game that same night, uh, you could see a totally different team emerge with totally different leadership from within that understood the problems and could quickly resolve them and pull that team together, even with, for example, nine top defenders out and play a totally different game one week later. It was remarkable, and it's great to see. Um, and so we went from there. I went to Nashville to do a, a kickoff. We, uh, Tony and Francis Papalardo, who you've heard on this podcast, uh, helped me. We rode BMX bikes uh, on the stage behind some, uh, some professional BMX riders and introduced uh, some new products that are coming out this year in North America for the Excess line. Just had a great time talking about our business together and, uh, and where we're going. And then, uh, and then I met Sarah in Michigan. She went straight from Green Bay to Michigan, and we um, we spent the week uh, going to the same God screening, doing the the middle school chapel, and uh, and then I had some work to do in West Michigan. I have an office there in, in Ada, Michigan, and then uh, some catch up at the end of the year. And then we had a family Christmas party uh, to, to tie a, put a bow on it. Uh, last last Saturday, it was really fantastic to see a lot of relatives that I don't normally see. So it was it was fun to see everybody and to get together and to celebrate uh, the life that we have. You know, for us as Christians, and if you're not Christian or you're not religious, you know I, that's fine. This is just um, I'm just tying together a couple ideas here. As Christians, we sort of believe that uh, that the Christmas season is fundamentally about what we call the incarnation. Uh, it's the Advent season in the church calendar. It's when we believe that uh, God decided to come to earth to become one of us, to become fully human. Uh, if you listen to the Robcast, Rob Bell's podcast, he has a series that he just concluded called Jesus H. Christ, and it's really, really good. Um, and he, he gets into the question of what is the H, you know, and a lot of people will say, well, Jesus H. Christ, and he says, well, what does the H stand for? And I'm going to, a spoiler alert, um, <laughs> it's actually not a spoiler because it's what Rob talks about a lot. You know, he talks about the fact that that H is for this, this full humanity that, that God throws itself into in order to become fully human, in order to identify, in order to have deep empathy with its creation. Whether or not you're religious, whether or not you do or don't like the idea of a God, it is a great story. It's very similar to other stories you may have heard. And so what I thought um, from other, other faith traditions, and so what I thought would be interesting today is to talk about the screening we had for Same God, and then the, um, the chapel I did a couple days later. And I'm, what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll give you a, kind of an update on the Same God project, I think it's a really exciting uh, project that's, that's gotten, is building momentum. And I'd like to just walk you through this little chapel that I did for the middle schoolers. So hopefully that's okay with everybody today. It's what you're going to get. If you don't like that, you can listen to something else, but uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So um, last week we did a screening midweek uh, for the same God film project at the Celebration Cinemas North. The, the, the Loke family that owns Celebration Cinemas all went to Wheaton College. You know that this film is about a professor at Wheaton who was kicked out 
effectively. I mean, she left, but you know, was kind of forced out for wearing a hijab three years ago at this time during Advent. Um, she, her name was Larisha Hawkins, and um, it is Larisha Hawkins. She's currently at University of Virginia. And she was a political science professor at Wheaton. And she was the first African-American political science professor uh, at a school that has deep roots in, the, in anti-slavery. Uh, when, when Wheaton was founded in the, in the middle 1800s, it was founded by abolitionist Christians. It was a stop on the Underground Railroad when slavery was still legal in America. And they were, it was the first school to graduate uh, an African-American just after the Civil War. Um, so it has deep roots in social justice and and writing you know injustices in this country and participating in that in aggressive and surprising ways. So it was kind of ironic that um, the first tenured African American professor at Wheaton, who believes that you have to practice what you preach if you're at a Christian school, uh, she challenged her students to practice their faith and to practice what she calls embodied solidarity, which is putting your body in front of uh, an injustice, participating with the people who are being persecuted. And one of her students came to her and said, hey, you know, Muslim women wear their faith on their heads. They wear hijabs, and uh, which is kind of a scarf you wrap around your head to, you know, in modesty. And they said... Um, we are going to wear hijabs during Advent to feel the persecution that Muslim women feel, to do it in solidarity with Muslim women. They checked with the local mosque to make sure that that was okay and, and the mosque that would be great. And, um, and so the, this is like, Larisha Hawkins said, great, well, you know what? I'm going to do it too. I'm going to do this with my students because if they're going to do it, I should do it as a professor. That was you know, basically the depth of the thought that went into it. Took a selfie of herself, put it on Facebook and um, posted it. And with a little commentary about, you know, this is Advent, I believe in Jesus, uh, this is about the Incarnation, however, you know, Muslim women are being persecuted, and, uh, and I'm paraphrasing this, by the way, you can find a fine detail on this on her website and in the Same God film, but uh, basically said, you know, as Pope Francis said, we are all people of the book and we worship the same God. And what that meant, if you took literally 20 seconds to dig into it, is that we all, Muslims, Jews, Christians, all share the God of Abraham. Abraham had one God. You know, we all, we're all descendants of Abraham, effectively. We're all children of Abraham. And uh, whether you're from, through Ishmael into the Muslim world or whether you're through, uh, through you know, uh, Israel into the Jewish community and the Christian community that, that came out of that, um, we're all children of Abraham. And Abraham worshipped one God. Now, we may understand that God differently, uh, you know, we, we don't even, I don't even think within the Christian community or the Protestant community, we understand it the same way. We, we don't, certainly don't worship the same way, whether you're Roman Catholic or, or Protestant, or whether you're one of the different degrees of Protestantism or, or Eastern Orthodox. You know, we have very different, very different ways of worshiping and embracing that God. But, um, but the point is, Abraham had one God, and we all, we all have roots back into that same Abraham and that Abraham's one God. Historical fact, not much room to argue there. <laughs> Um, and in fact, the film does a great job with a lot of scholarly work. A lot of the professors from Wheaton College talking about that history, that shared history, that, um, you know, that uh, Christianity, it was originally a Jewish sect, that Islam, from a Christian perspective, was originally a Christian sect, a Christian heretical sect, which separated around 600 AD. Um, 
and and that uh, we do have this history in common, whether we believe we worship the same way or worship the same God. Um, and Larisha clearly stated in a follow-up letter and email that she was a Christian, she identifies as Christian, she worships the truth of God as revealed in Jesus Christ. Um, and the Wheaton's, you know, Wheaton's New Testament head department head uh, helped her write the statement, agreed with her statement. The professors at the school agreed with the statement, but the school, uh, you know, that wasn't enough for the school, and they, they went after her and, and got rid of her effectively. Um, I think the thing that's fascinating was that uh, Michael Mangus, who was a psychology professor and had also, you know, basically uh, jumped on her thread and said, hey, you know, we're going to be teaching some Muslim uh, prayer in our class next semester, meaning that his Christian psychology class was going to un- try to understand how Muslims pray and how how they use their bodies to pray. Um, and the school got on him, but but the the provost Stan Jones went directly to Michael and said, "Hey, could you you know this is blowing up? I need you to write a statement." He crafted it with Michael. Michael wrote a statement that was made everybody happy again, and, and you know he was released from any responsibility. The provost treated Larisha Hawkins very differently. Treated her um, basically called her into his office, uh, confronted her, and put her on administrative leave, and then created this process that was very different than the white male Michael Mangus got, where uh, she not only had to write a statement, but then he wanted all these follow-ups and more hoops and more hurdles uh, because she wasn't dancing the way that he wanted her to dance. And um, anyway, she ended up leaving. It was national news. You can watch the movie. It is an amazing story that uh, shows how we still have systemic racism and injustice in America to the point where I think the people sometimes doing it don't understand it. Um, I asked Michael Mangus, I said, do you think the provost in the school understand that what they were doing um, was effectively a racist act? And he said, no, I don't. I think they just think they're protecting the institution and they're willing to sacrifice individuals in order to do that. The funniest thing that happened. So we had a screening at uh, the Celebration Cinemas North. Uh, the Lokes family who co-hosted it are Wheaton alumni. We all love Wheaton College. We want to see it make better choices. We think it's uh, not living up to its motto or its values at this point. But um, we sold out. We had over 520 people show up. Uh, they watched the film. And the best part was almost all of them stayed afterwards for Q&A. Uh, my dad told me, and this is kind of interesting, my, my parents came, uh, my sister and brother-in-law came, a lot of my friends came, uh, but my dad said to me, he said, you know, your mother wasn't sure she wanted to see this. I think my mother was concerned that we were going to be conflating the gods, that we were going to be saying that the God of Islam, and you know, that, that the God is actually, that we worship the God the same way, which we weren't saying. We recognize that Allah is different than Yahweh, is different than Elohim. Um, but uh, what was... What was interesting is my mom loved the movie, and my mom said afterwards, she said, it's like they're treating the school as if it's an idol. And I thought, wow, if my mother picked it up in the film, <laughs> which and she's very smart, but you know, different perspective than I have. She's more, more conservative as a Christian. Um, if she picks that up, then I think we've done our job. So it was really great to see that and hear that. It was great to get the, the just the response we got, um, some 
some huge people. You know, Calvin College was a co-sponsor. Um, uh, the Kaufman Center, which is are some former uh, Wheaton professors from Calvin, like Nick Waltersdorf, uh, who's a legend. He has an endowed chair at Yale now. Uh, Kelly Kelly Clark was there. Um, just some some brilliant uh, philosophy professors and people that I really respect were there. Neil Carlson helped host it. Emily Lokes and her family uh, co-hosted it. We had Larisha Hawkins there. We had uh, the the producer of the film. Uh, uh, Linda Midget was there, and we had uh, a wonderful woman named Lynn Smith, who is a principal of a Muslim school in Grand Rapids, come, who I think was kind of uh, a star of the show. She was, I wish, I don't know if we recorded it or not, but um, she's from Nebraska. She's a white woman who is Muslim. Um, She wore a hijab, because that's what they do, and uh, she had some of the best quotes of the night about um, how moved she was that... Uh, that Christians were willing to stand in solidarity with persecuted Muslims, because as we said in the film, if you don't stand in solidarity with the with the minority, with the people that aren't like you, with tribes who aren't from your tribe, then who's going to stand with you when people come for you? And that uh, that it's when we stand with people in solidarity and liberty, particularly when we disagree with them or may not see things the way that they see them, that we really stand up for liberty itself. She was amazing. She was profound. Uh, we had a, an amazing evening, and this weekend, starting on the 14th, uh, and I believe next week, uh, the Celebration Cinemas at Woodland Mall are going to be screening Same God film, uh, I believe, for a week. So you can go to Celebration Cinemas and find out when it's screening, but it's uh, we're really, really proud of not only how many people came out, but the response we got from the crowd and the engagement we got. So when I was asked by Clay Lubbers to come and kind of talk about this a little bit to middle school students, I said, sure. And then literally kind of the night before, I'd been going over in my head what I was going to do, but I, I kind of was like, wow, what are we going to actually talk about? Um, how do I do this with middle school students? And uh, because I remember being in, for example, seventh grade, and I was not an easy seventh grader. I would have been one of the kids sitting in the back, cracking jokes and maybe throwing things at the stage. And uh, so I was like, okay, how would I address seventh, seventh grade David, you know, my, my, my alter ego or inner seventh grader. And um, so Clay introduced me and he had these funny slides about what we looked like in high school. Of course, people can see what we look like today. We look older. Got bad news for you if you're in seventh grade or high school or college. Uh, we all get old eventually. Um, you know, we're, we're almost 50 now. And so he was showing pictures about what he was like in high school as a farm kid and what I was like in high school. And I sent him a couple of photos of me skateboarding and surfing back then. Um, and it was just kind of, you know, the kids were laughing because obviously we, we look very different today. And I think it helps them relate to what you were versus where you are and, and letting everybody know that we're all going to get there together. And then I stood up and I, I thought, you know, I've got to kind of let them know who I am and what I do and, and how I, you know, have to interact with a lot of people around the world. And then bring it into a conversation. This is Chapel about Advent, the Incarnation, and embodied solidarity and why it matters. And why it really matters right now during Advent as Christians when we celebrate this God that wanted to have empathy for his creation. And so he became like all of us in the deepest and wildest ways. So I started out with a, a short presentation that I do where it's a picture of me surfing in the Maldives in a, in a tube. And I said, hi, my name's Dave, and I like to party. The kids all laughed. Some of the teachers didn't. And I said, but you know, maybe that's not a, appropriate here at a, middle, a Christian middle school for chapel. So let me say it another way. Hi, my name's Dave, and I like to surf. 
And I explained that, uh, you know, this slide with one of us holding a can of, of, of our drinks, of our energy drinks, excess energy drinks. I said, you know, I helped create, uh, I co-founded a, an energy drink company in 2002 and We've launched dozens of products and around the world, and I showed a map of the 60 countries that we're currently in. And, uh, and I said, you know, part of what we try and do is we build a lifestyle brand. So that means we do a lot of activities that are fun. Um, we don't just surf because not everybody surfs. Uh, you know, I have to work with people all over the world from different faith traditions who speak different languages, who look different than me who might like different things than me, who eat different food than me. I said, but here's the thing I've learned is that focusing on the differences doesn't help me spread the gospel of excess, doesn't help me evangelize my brand and my product. I have to focus on how we're the same, what, what, what we have in common. And I said, the thing that I've noticed underneath everything is that we're all made out of people and that at the bottom of it, even though we may look differently, talk differently, believe differently, we kind of want the same things. We want healthy, happy families. We want to earn enough money to feed ourselves. We want to have the freedom to choose who we associate with and who we vote for and, and what we believe. And so as I travel the world, my goal isn't to talk about those things. My goal is to create a connection, is to create a great first impression. So I showed a picture of the wild face free ride extreme we spons- we've sponsored in the past in, in Austria in Pitzdal, where we ski off-piste you know, off the mountain, off the backside of a glacier through rocks and trees and cliffs <laughs> to get to the bottom. And whoever gets to the bottom first wins. Uh, I'm usually the oldest, the slowest, <laughs> the, and fall the most on that race. And I showed a picture of uh, the, the, the air competitions we do in Japan for snowboarding and some of the big parties we did. I showed a picture of uh, Club Avalon in Singapore Harbor. And I said, you know, we, we brought 3,000 of our top Japanese business partners down to Singapore to celebrate the launch of Excess in that market a few years ago. And, uh, you know, I said, if you ever met Japanese people, you know, they're very reserved, they're very, um, very, very respectful. I said, until you give them a can of Excess, and then they, they party like there's no tomorrow. And I had a picture of this big party, 3,000 people inside this epic club, this glass island in Singapore Harbor, where we had three DJs and, and had a great time. And I said, and I had a photo of uh, a party we did in, in Prague where we thought 1,500 kids were going to come to this, this club that we rented in Prague called Club Zazu, and we filled it with over 2,500. Uh, one of the other brands that we, that we partner with, uh, Artistry Studio, just copied us and did a club party at the same club uh, doing similar things. And it's great to see you know, hey, people who mimic you and copy you. It's, just, it's, a, it's a great compliment. It means you're doing the right thing. And it was great to see them also bring, bring together some young people in, in Prague. You know, when we did it, we thought 1,500 people were going were gonna to show up. We had more than 2,500. We oversold the club. Uh, it was crazy. And I said, you know, it's a good thing they didn't have fire marshals in Prague because they would have shut this party down. I had a photo from everyone with their hands in their, the air in this massive epic party that, uh, that sold out. And I also talked about how at Excess, you know, it's more than just a drink. It's more than just a lot of fun. We also believe in shared values and how we celebrate liberty, the right for people to earn an income because we allow people to own a piece of our brand. We share this right for people to, to build a business with our brand, to feed themselves, to have economic freedom because at a fundamental level, if you can't feed yourself, the other freedoms won't matter. Social freedom you know, political freedom, religious freedom, the higher freedoms. And so in, in Kiev, in Ukraine, 
when a number of our our business partners were standing up to the government because it was in, you know so corrupt and so broken and demanded with over a million people in Kiev through public marches and by taking over the center of the city, the, the Maidan Square, um, demanded the president step down, forced him out. And in fact, um, I showed photos of, of Kiev during the revolution and of bullet holes. I took photos of bullet holes um, that pierced concrete blocks, uh, clearly 50 millimeter rounds from sniper weapons, uh, where you know more than 30 uh, um, protesters were shot and killed by Russian snipers, uh, some of whom, two of our distributors were killed in Maidan. There were a number of other cases where, where people were killed by, by Ukrainian and Russian troops. But um, I showed images from that, and then I showed how we, we were... We went there and launched in solidarity, regardless of the fact that it wasn't safe, regardless of the fact that we were told there was no government, we shouldn't be going in. And my comment was, if our, our, our business partners are going to be getting together to celebrate re- freedom, if they're going to be launching our product, I'm going to be there with them. Because we literally launched days after the Maidan revolution. We've been planning this launch uh, for months and months. And, and I said, we shouldn't, if they're willing to get together, if they're willing to to uh, go through the danger to celebrate new f- their own new freedom and the freedom that we're bringing with this new brand and product line, then I want to be there too. And, um, and so we did that. And, and that led me to a conversation about a film that, we're, that we had just screened that had just sold out uh, only a couple days before, the same God film. And I said, you know, um, this is the time in our faith tradition when we believe in Advent. And Advent is about Christmas. And Christmas is about the incarnation, about Jesus becoming man, about about a part of God coming to earth and becoming made man, the Son of God. And uh, and I said, you know, um, I said, it's important to remember that what that means is our God loves us so much that our God wanted to have deep empathy with the creation that keeps making mistakes. If you know the story of Israel, it's failure after failure after failure. It's cyclical. Um, God keeps giving them mulligans and they keep screwing it up, right? Because we're human, because we are, because there are some deep flaws, uh, unfortunately, in who we are and how we operate. We can't seem to get out of our own way. And so God comes to earth, becomes one of us, and gives us effectively an eternal mulligan and says, I will give you grace. Uh, we may not be able to, to stop failing, but we will start failing forward. And we will, we will celebrate our progress rather than worrying about our flaws. And so I showed the next picture and I said, uh, it was a picture that Larisha Hawkins posted when she put her hijab on. So she's an African-American woman in it with a scarf on her head. And I said, so let me ask you a question. You know, sometimes on social media, we get confused and we just react rather than become curious and ask questions. I said, so let me ask you a question. What do you see when you see this? And it was a picture of Larisha Hawkins with a, with a hijab on, African-American woman. And then I said, what do you see when you see this? And it was a picture of a Muslim woman with a burqa on, with, with her face, with a, basically a hijab with a face covering. And I said, what do you see when you see this? And it was a, another Muslim woman with just, a, just a, a, a scarf on her head and not, not the face covering. And then I said, what do you see when you see this? And it was a picture of Mother Mary as an icon with a head covering on, holding the baby Jesus. And I said, what do you see when you see this? And it was a wider version of Mary holding the baby Jesus. And then I said, what do you see when you see this? And it was 
Mother Mary, with blue eyes and pale skin and stars over her head and a head covering. And I said, you know, when we think of Advent, we think of this, and it's a picture of the, of the, of the shepherds at the cave and, uh, you know, celebrating the birth of Jesus in the manger. And I said, or maybe you think of this, and it was, you know, Jesus showing, you know, the, 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 the glow of Jesus, you know, sitting there in the manger. I said, but, you know, and then I flipped to a picture of Thor, <laughs> one of the Avenger movies, Thor, that was, and I said, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of religions have this same story. If you go to my own family, if you go to the Frisian gods or the Norse gods uh, pre-800 AD, we believed in Thor. We believed that Odin sent his son to protect Earth. But when that Odin came to Earth, he came as a man, as a superhero, as a star. Our God came to Earth, and you flip back, our God came as a vulnerable child as somebody who was poor, as someone who was weak, as someone who had to flee from the, from, the, from, from the powers that be. He didn't come with a hammer and a sword. He came differently. And I said, you know, if, you're, if you go to India with me, you'll, see, you'll hear stories about Krishna, who came to earth, but again, came as a superpower, not as an empathetic, weak, one of the weakest among us, a baby from a poor family. Then I said, what do you think of when you see this? And it was a picture of, um, il- you know, basically illegal immigrants walking up a dirt road in Texas, people who crossed the border illegally to get to safety and freedom here in America. And I said, you know, it looks like a lot of people are talking about immigration and about walls right now. And then I said, and what do you think about when you see this? And it was a picture of Mary and Joseph and a donkey with the pyramids in the background. And I said, you know... Our God, our Savior, our Jesus was born in a manger, was born weak and vulnerable. And one of the first acts that family had to take was to flee across a border into a country where they didn't have visas into Egypt in order to, to seek safety, in order to seek asylum from King Herod, who was chasing him to try and murder all of the babies in Bethlehem. And then I flipped to a photo of, of Wheaton College, the stone tower that's so famous, and to the, the, the stone wall at the front of Wheaton that says Wheaton College and underneath it for Christ and his kingdom. I said, I went to Wheaton College. It's a great Christian school, or it was. And Larisha Hawkins, I went back to this picture of the African-American professor wearing a, a headscarf, believed in this idea that we have to live our embodied solidarity, that the way that we show that we're Christians in the world is because in the same way that our God came down and made himself vulnerable and weak and put his body in front of ours so that we could have effectively, we could be saved. The way that he did that is what we have to do for others, particularly the people that look different than us, particularly the people that disagree with us, particularly the people that we don't understand. When the Pharisees asked, who was my neighbor? Jesus' answer was telling the story about the Good Samaritan, telling the story about the religious leaders who walked around the man who was beaten and bloody on the road so they wouldn't become unclean. When the Samaritan, the outcast, the person who was different than them, that they believed worshipped a different God or worshipped differently than they did, was not even allowed into their temples, that was the person that picked up the beaten and bloody a victim on the road and brought him to safety. And Jesus was saying, 
the good Samaritan is your neighbor. The person who is the outcast among you, who is different than you, is your neighbor. And your job is to put your body in the place of the other person to, to, to help them when they, are, when they are in trouble, when they're being persecuted. Um, and so I told the story of Larisha Hawkins, and I show what she actually looks like when she's not wearing a headscarf, when she's standing behind an American flag at a, at a lectern and lecturing about American history and American government and politics in general. And I, then I showed again the picture of the Muslim woman and Mary Magdalene as a blue-eyed woman and talked about the same God film and said, today we are celebrating Advent. This is the season where we celebrate the incarnation. This is our opportunity to find the least among us, to find people who are being systemically persecuted, to find people who aren't being stood up for. Because if we don't stand up for them when they're being persecuted, who will stand up for us when we are? If we don't protect liberty among the least among us, among the minorities, among the people who who are the weakest, who are the babies in Bethlehem being slaughtered by the Herods of the world, if we don't stand up for them, then who will? What is real liberty if we aren't standing up for tribes that aren't like us? You know, in Holland, Michigan, it's funny, there's a, there's a church called Pillar Church. And I asked the kids, I said, how many of you are Dutch Christian Reformed? A bunch of the hands went up, the majority of the hands. I said, are any of you in here Dutch Reformed? A few of the hands went up. And I said, I don't know if you know the story about how we split, but here we are, we're all Dutch immigrants, we're Dutch Americans. My family came over in the last two or three generations. My wife's mother came over, her great-grandparents came over. We are all immigrants here. And I said, you know, here we are, we're Dutch Protestants worshiping in the same church. And at Pillar Church, they used axe handles and chains to lock out the people who didn't want to split off from the people who did so that the people who wanted to split off could say, we are going to become a different type of Dutch Reformed. We're going to become Dutch Christian Reformed. And I said, you know, today, I don't think anyone in this room can even tell me how we're different, how we worship differently, or what that split was about. It was mainly about the difference in politics between a New York Dutch Reformed church that had been there for generations and a new, newly immigrated Dutch Reformed church that was just coming over in a new wave and landing in the Midwest. And they didn't want the New York Reformed church managing the Reformed church in the Midwest. They split over an idea about Freemasonry, but really nobody even remembers that anymore. Well, Pillar Church today that locked out uh, a population of Dutch Reformed so that the other Dutch could split with axe handles and chains is now has now come together and worships with Reformed and Christian Reformed in the same church at an altar that is literally made out of axe handles and chains as a reminder that even among a very narrow band of Christianity... Dutch Reformed and Dutch Christian Reformed, we can't even agree on what same God or same worship really means. But I think everyone in that room can agree that we all worship the God of Abraham and that we all worship the one Abraham's one God, even though we might do it differently, even though we might experience that God differently or understand it differently or want to have a different liturgy or different service or a different catechism. And so that's what I want to leave you with this week, that whether or not you're Christian is unimportant to me, whether or not you believe in God is kind of unimportant to me. What, I'm really, what is really important to me in our country that is a secular nation is that when we stand up for religious liberty and religious freedom, when we stand up for liberty in general, that we do it thinking about the least among us. We think about the people who are different than us. And when we see things on social media that we disagree with, rather than focusing on how we're different, 
if we really want to connect, if we really have love at the center of the conversation, unlike how Wheaton treated Larisha Hawkins, I mean, let's, let's assume she did something heretical. She really did. I don't think she did, but let's assume she really did. Wouldn't, wouldn't our job as, 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 let's say I'm a fundamentalist Christian who thinks someone who is outside of my belief structure is going to burn in hell forever? I don't believe it quite that way, but let's assume I didn't. Let's assume that I thought Larisha had gone outside. She had left in with some heretical statement. Shouldn't my first, my first act be, how do I bring this sister back into the truth? How do I bring this sister back into the fold? How do I embrace what we're similar about and bring her home? Instead of, why do I put a bullet in her head? Why do I kill the weak? Why do I kill the wounded? It makes no sense. Why would I sacrifice somebody that I love for an institution? I mean, if there, <laughs> if there isn't an analogy about pharisaical behavior, the, the behavior of the Pharisees, of the people who walked around the beaten and bloody man in the road, I don't know what is. It's time for us to remember, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's in acts of embodied, embodied solidarity, whether it's when somebody appears to leave our tribe for another tribe, that our job isn't to shoot at them, isn't to put bullets in them, isn't to murder them. It's to embrace them and to help them and to find out how we have some shared common beliefs, how, we, how we're all people underneath all of the differences that we have, whether it's color, race, religion, belief, food, I don't care. How are we all the same? What do we share? How do we have common ground? And how can we build on that common ground to find out what we believe that's similar? Because I think we'll find that we have some very similar beliefs with some maybe specific differences. But when we start focusing on the similarity and the common ground we have, we can share a love that can create bounds, that, that can create you know, bridges rather than boundaries and help us connect and help us figure out how we're all from one God who created one people who that God, in my belief, really wants to save, wants to, wants to bring home. If you read the Bible and believe the Bible, God says over and over and over again, I will save everyone. I will save them all. And either God's lying to us or God's going to get what God wants. I sure hope that God does. I sure hope we figure out how to find out what we have in common and what we believe together. And even if you don't believe in God or a hereafter, which is fine, we can all agree there's hell on earth and there is paradise on earth. And I think the way we get to paradise on earth is by treating everybody as if we are all children of that one God and that as shared human, in our shared humanity, we deserve to love each other and to find out what we have together so that we can become better people who deserve what that God has in store for us. Thank you very much. Have a, a glorious Christmas and Advent. I'll try and get another one of these out before the actual Christmas day. And um, look for that embodied solidarity in your life. Who can you stand up for? Who can you find things in common that are from your tribe? And how can you share love during this Christmas holiday season in ways that might surprise you and surprise the person you're sharing it with? Whatever you do this week, be kick aspirational. Have a fantastic holiday.